In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we live uh, today in what's called the secular age. And I'll explain what that means. It means, basically, that we live in a, in a time that is not religious at all. It's Secular is a Latin word. It means worldly. We live in a worldly age. One that doesn't pay attention to God. Uh, many aspects of it has completely rejected God. Uh, and even in the kind of corners of today's society where we believe in God, it doesn't make that big of a difference. I mean, really, the difference between you know, your average Catholic and your average atheist, the lifestyle doesn't change all that much. Pretty much today, unfortunately, in the secular world, Christians and non-Christians almost live the same type of lifestyle. As opposed to you know, the Middle Ages or as opposed to the early church, where Christianity, Christians were very distinct in their life from non-believers. And because of that, it's worth asking the question today, what is the point of the spiritual life? Because if back, way back when, maybe a hundred years ago or before, many people would have said, well, there's a lot of necessities to life. God loves us. God is our Father and God will provide for us the things that we need. Therefore, we pray. That's not really the case anymore. We don't really need God to do as much as we needed Him to do before 50 to 100 years ago. We're pretty healthy now, or if we're not personally healthy, at least we can, uh, you know, we have recourse to hospitals, we have recourse to a lot of medicine, we have recourse to different foods that we need to uh, intake so that we, our health can get better. We have a lot of programs, we have a lot of information, we have a lot of stuff that we can do that we can get healthy even if we're not already healthy. Uh, comfort, we're extraordinarily comfortable. We don't have to work very hard or laborious to be able to survive the way that we would have had to have done a long time ago. We don't have to depend so much on the weather for the rain to come down and take care of our crops because this isn't our line of work anymore. We're not as dependent on God as we once were for our material goods, is what I'm saying. So what's the point of the spiritual life? This is a question that is difficult to answer in a secular age because in a secular age, there is no point in the spiritual life. It's just a private matter. You believe in God, that's your opinion about the ideology of the world, but it doesn't really make any effect on it. See, Christians live like non-Christians. It's pretty much the same thing. question, what is the purpose, what is the reason for the spiritual life at all, has another question that's implicit. What is man? What is the human person? If the human person is what the secular age says he is, which is basically just an assortment of stuff, just a bunch of atoms kind of lumped up together that looks like a human body and acts like a human person, there's no point to the spiritual life. If we're just made up of stuff, there's no point to pray. There's no reason to pray. Even if there was some reason to pray way back when so that God uh, would rain down blessings from heaven so that we can survive, well, we don't really need that very much anymore. 
So now there's no reason to pray if human beings are just an assortment of stuff. At that point, the human being would just be like a car. You know, and a car is made up of a lot of different things and it has a purpose. It's supposed to take us from point A to point B and we take care of the car so that we can uh, maintain it so that it can continue to do its job, which is to take us places. So we change the oil and we change the tires and we make sure that you know, upkeep is, is being taken care of and all these things so that the car can have a long life so that it can take us from point A to point B. And once the car dies out, there you go. We don't need it anymore, we get another one to replace it and it doesn't make that big, that big of a difference. If the human being is just made up of a bunch of, of, a bunch of stuff, that's what we can do. And we just make sure that we eat healthy, that we exercise, that we take care of our emotional and psychological health to some degree, that um, we do all the things that we need to do to maintain this kind of vehicle so that we can do our job and then just kind of go away and be replaced by another. If the human person is just made up of a bunch of stuff, he's not much more valuable than a car. And in fact, that's pretty much the view of, uh, of today. In fact, for some people, human beings are less valuable than cars, unfortunately. This is why, kind of a side note, the abortion debate, you know, all the wrong questions are being asked in the abortion debate. It's really, it gets down to merely the dignity of the human person. Is a human person worth something or not? Is life worth something or is it not worth something? And if it is worth something, you can't touch it. And if it's not worth anything, you can do whatever you want with it. Well, the view of the human person today is that when it comes down to it, the human person is not worth much more than my car or than my dog or than my any, any, any other thing that I uh, hold any kind of value to. Because in today's world, the human person is just made up of stuff. In which case, there's no point to the spiritual life. This is obviously very diametrically opposed to the biblical view, which right from the beginning, in the book of Genesis, immediately God sets a human, a human person apart from everything else. Right from the beginning. God creates the heavens and the earth, He creates the seas and all that is in them. He creates the mountains and then the insects and He creates uh, fruit-bearing trees and He creates all these things and on six days, God creates the beasts in the daytime and then a little bit later on he says let us make man in our image and likeness male and female he created them in the image of God he created them and when God created man for the first time God says it is very good man and woman are set apart from everything else as being very good, as being in the image and likeness of God. We are something different. Why? Because we are made from something other than stuff. What we're made up of, first and foremost and most fundamentally, is something other than just skin and bones and muscle and tissue and so on and so forth. The first thing that we are made of as human is also in the book of Genesis. God breathed into their nostrils the breath of life, that is the Holy Spirit of God. That's what makes us human. At that moment, we are human beings. The breath of life, the, the, the Spirit of God, is what makes us human beings. Without that, we are mere animals like every other animal. Without that, yeah, we're just a bunch of stuff. 
The biblical view, brothers and sisters, is that we are made infinitely more valuable because of what God has made us to be, because of what God has inserted in us. And so without that, and without a deep awareness of that, the most fundamental awareness of that, yeah, we can live like we're just made up of a bunch of stuff. And we can say, I believe in God, I believe in uh, His Son, Jesus Christ, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Catholic Church, I believe in all these things, but if my approach to life is that I'm just made up of a bunch of stuff and really the most important thing to do is just make sure I exercise and have a beer at night time and just have a blast in this life. I'm not doing anything different than the rest of the secular world is doing. I don't really believe that I am a member of the human race who has received the Spirit of God into my nostrils by which I live. In order to live like a human being, we must do what Jesus said. In the temptation narrative, Jesus says, it is not, a man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The human person as a human person exists first as the image of God. Now this is so true, uh, and this should change, this should change the way you view yourself, okay? And I really mean that. It should change the way you view yourself and the way you view everybody else, even your worst enemy. It should change everything. If you really take this in and you contemplate it and you think about it, it should change everything. Never again should you or I disrespect somebody else. Never again should we be rude to another person. Never again should we disregard somebody, degrade them, make fun of them, do something to, uh, to tear down the dignity of their own personhood. Never again should we do that. Because what we're doing immediately and directly is offending the very image of God. There's an old Jewish and Christian proverb, a very ancient one that says that before every human being, there are a hundred angels saying, move out of the way, move out of the way, make room for the image of God. Now this old Jewish and Christian proverb, it's not from the Bible, but it's ancient shows us the dignity that our faith gives to the human person. All of it because God breathed into the nostrils of man the breath of life, the Holy Spirit. So that when we say, oh, this thing is really hard, uh, this thing is really difficult, it requires a lot of effort, I'm only human, that's the secular age entering the, the, the Catholic mind. I'm only human. No, I'm human. And that comes with all kinds of dignity. That comes with all kinds of greatness. That comes with all kinds of dominion and all kinds of responsibility and all kinds of grandeur. That comes with a great compliment. I'm only human is a reduction of what we are. God doesn't say you're only human. I understand, Bobby, sit down. God says you're human and you're worth way more than you think you are. And so, brothers and sisters, this is why this day is a really important day. It's, a, it's the Feast of Pentecost, which is the fulfillment of Jesus' promise in this Gospel reading. Jesus promises here, I will send you another counselor to be with you forever until the close of the age, the spirit of truth, he will guide you into the, all the truth. 
and so on and so forth. That is fulfilled on the day of Pentecost, nine days after Jesus ascends into heaven, the Holy Spirit comes down upon the apostles and the disciples all sitting around Mother Mary. And the Holy Spirit has been with us ever since. The Holy Spirit guides the church that enters the individual, every individual soul of the, of the body of Christ, that is you and I. The Holy Spirit dwells in your heart and in mine, so long as we're not rejecting it by mortal sin. Why does Jesus do this then? Because he values you and he values me. Because he wants to move you and he wants to move me because he wants us to live a full human life and not just half a human life in the beastly version of it. The reason why Jesus sends us his spirit is to fulfill what God intended for every one of us and to fill our hearts with what we really desire. It's not enough for you and for me to just eat, sleep, and do the work and do the same thing the next day. It's not enough for us to merely put oil, replace the oil in this machine and to go from point A to point B. It's not merely enough for us to just be cogs in a machine. We're not machines, we're human beings. We're not just made up of stuff, we're made up of the very Spirit of God, assorted by the stuff that we're made up, made up of, but nevertheless, created in the image and likeness of God, to be like God. What's the point of the spiritual life? To become like God. What is the point of prayer? To become like God. What is the point of establishing this relationship with God? It's to live the life that every single one of us desires, without which none of us are satisfied, which is why in the most affluent, the richest, the healthiest, physically, age we've ever lived in as human beings, we have skyrocketed statistics for anxiety and depression and suicides and all these other very unfortunate and negative things. How is it that in the richest time we're also the most depressed? How is it that in the most affluent age we're also the most suicidal? Because affluency and riches and the stuff of this world has nothing to do with the human spirit. Certainly can't fulfill it. We need God. We need the Spirit of God. We need the spiritual life in order to live as humans. Anything less than that, we are dried ourselves of what it means to be human beings. Brothers and sisters, you have dignity. You have worth. You have value. Infinitely more than you can imagine. Don't sell yourself short. Don't settle for less happiness. Don't settle for something small. Go for immortality. Go for infinity. Go and pursue the divine life that God wants to give you. Amen.